Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Come on, prepare sure. First positions, everyone. Yo, go. And action. Hello and welcome to episode 370 of the Filmmakers Podcast. This is a podcast where we talk filmmaking, from indie film to studio films and everything in between. How to get them made, how to make them, and how to try not to royally F it up, in our very, very humble opinion. I am Giles Alderson, I'm a writer, director, and a producer. And on today's show, we have the director and writer, Sam Boyd. He's here to talk about the brand new film, Genie, which you've probably seen all over your telly boxes at the moment because it's starring Melissa McCarthy and Papa Asiedu and Mark Maron, Ralph Brown and Alan Cumming. This is written by Richard Curtis. Yes, the Richard Curtis of Love Actually and Four Weddings and a Funeral fame and is produced by Tim Bevan, Eric Fellner from Working Title and Reva Marker. This film is a fairy tale. It's a comedy about a workaholic man, played by Papa, who enlists the help of a magical genie to help him win his family back before Christmas. Um, Sam Boyd not only is a fantastic guy uh, and a brilliant director and writer, he also listens to the podcast. So that makes him a double winner in my eyes. (laughs) Uh, Myself and Dom Lenoir sat down and had an amazing chat with Sam all about how genie came about. How did he go from making shorts to his first feature film to making a TV series to making working title movie, Genie? It's a nice, nice leap. We talk about how Sam pitched to working title, what it felt like pitching and talking to Richard Curtis, why confidence and the fact that you need to keep working and making films is vital and important. But what's more important is relationships and why those general meetings that you might have with people might not pay off that day, that week, that month, but maybe in a year. We also talk about his hit TV series, Love Life, which he wrote and directed. That got him to the attention of people like Richard Curtis and Tim Bevan and Eric Fellner. Um, He also talks about casting, the whole chicken and egg situation, how you can't get cast without money, but you can't get money without cast. And what do you do about that? What do you do when you lose finance as well? And he talks about why he nearly gave up and then he tried one more time. His first feature film was called In a Relationship, uh, which starred Emma Roberts, which was based on a short film also called In a Relationship. He'd made a couple of shorts before that, one called Ten Fingers and one called Happy Fucking Birthday. Oh yes, he has. And now he has made Genie, which is what myself and Dom Noir sit down to talk with Sam about. Big shout out to all of those who came to our networking party last night. Big hello to all you. Thank you so much for coming down. Um, I really enjoyed myself and so great to see so many amazing filmmakers. Shout outs for those who've been amazing this week on the social to Danny Mulhern, John, a.k.a. Writing Ted on X, um, Jewel Jessenberger, or a.k.a. Nerd Life is Tough, um, Guy Lambert, Paradum Gaitam, uh, and Lucille Howe. Big shout out to all you amazing people. Um, next week on the podcast, we either have femme directors who, whose film literally took home some biffers last night, or we have Oppenheimer, or we have the team behind Oppenheimer. Yeah, you heard that right. The team behind Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer we have the editor, we have the costume designer, the hair and the makeup team behind Oppenheimer. Um, so one of those will be for you next Tuesday. I've got to try and fit a load in before Christmas, everyone. But I hope you're doing things to make your films and TV shows happen. It's a strange time right now, but that doesn't mean you can't make things happen and you can't push and go to networking events. And there's a lot of Christmas filmmaking parties to go to and pop your head in and just be there 
Because like I say, and like Sam says, meeting that person might not make a difference today, tomorrow, a month, but it might make a difference in a year or two. When they say, oh yes, I remember them. Yes, now I'm looking for that kind of a project. You just never know. So have all your ducks in a row. Get ready for your filmmaking challenge because it is a challenge, but you can do it if you want to. Right, for now though, this is myself, Giles Olsen, and Dom uh, talking with director uh, of Genie. It is Sam Boyd. Have fun. Hello, uh, nice to meet you. Hey, how's it going, guys? Sam, pleasure to meet you. You all right? Thank you. Yeah, I'm doing well. How are you guys? Yeah, good. We were just talking how nice and cold it is today. Yes. In London. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about you? Uh, I'm in Los Angeles at present, but I was just in London. We did post in London, so I spent a good amount of ah. time. It's, it's the best. You, you, you know them. <laughs> I do. I do. I luckily was mostly there over the summer, but... Um, mm. but I got. It was getting a little, a little nippy as I, uh, as I, as I finished up my time there. Yeah, it can get nippy. That's that's London <laughs> and England for you. Um, yeah, and being in it, you were obviously in England because it's working title uh, yes. behind this as well, uh, yes. behind Genie. How cool! That must have been a, a, a treat for you. Yeah, it was amazing. I mean, I think. Um, you know, that was how it all started was sort of I had made um, a couple seasons of a show that I created called Love Life and and mm. um, and then, uh, you know, was kind of making the rounds and had a couple meetings with Working Title uh, and one of their executives at the end of the second meeting, you know, she sort of was like, oh, you know, there is this other script we're, you know, putting together, uh, you know, it was written by Richard Curtis and, and mm. you know, and obviously the combination of working title and Richard Curtis, they've made most of his movies. And, um, you know, in, in addition to a number of, of, uh, my other favorite movie, you know, kind of staggering amount of my favorite movies of all time. Um, you know, whether, it, yeah. you know, most of the Coen brothers movies, most of the Edgar Wright movies and, you know, all the way back to like my beautiful Laundrette and Sid and Nancy, I mean, you know, the producers, Tim Bevan and Eric Fellner, just the coolest yeah. and the best, they have the best taste yeah. ever. Um, so, you know, getting to work with them was really incredible. And yeah, so, you know, I read the script and, and to be honest, I was sort of like, oh, I don't know that <laughs> they're necessarily going to want me to, to direct this. I had never directed a studio movie before and, and was mm -hmm. just coming off the show, but I was like, maybe I can at least just like meet Richard and Tim and whatever and, mm -hmm. and met them and, and hit yeah, it off. Definitely. And then, and then, you know, it was very nice, you know, Richard, you know, saw Love Life and really responded to it and, and wanted me to do the movie. And, and and we were kind of off to the races. I love that. Completely agree with you. Like working title, I say that they're one of the most consistent like filmmaker sort of loving. You know, they, they just do great stories like across the board. They've got such a good track record. What what was your kind of experience going into that meeting w with them? What were you trying to sort of get across? Um, how did you prepare? Because I mean, it's a it's a it's a big meeting for like anyone to to take. Yeah. To, you know, work with a company yeah. with that much prestige. Definitely. I mean, I think for me, especially because, you know, the stuff, you know, Love Life, the show I made and this movie I made before that and, you know, kind of everything that I had, uh, you know, generally I write stuff, too. So, I'm, you know, this was the first time I directed something I didn't write, really, um, aside from a little bit of TV stuff. And the stuff that I had made, Love Life and, and my first movie, um, in a relationship, which was tiny, yeah. you know, were, were yeah, right. Were, you know, these kind of like grounded relationship things. And, you know, I, I always was interested in romantic comedy as a genre, but also really only interested in like the kind of classiest examples of it. You know, like I, I never was just the like, I love all romantic comedies, you know, but I, but you know, but really, you know, obviously thinking about Annie Hall and when Harry met Sally and, and, and the apartment and all the way back to, you know, Preston Sturgis movies and, you know, other Billy Wilder movies and stuff like that, you know, Philadelphia story and whatever. Like I was, I was very, uh, very into the sort of classy rom-com uh not to de denigrate any others but i think working mm -hmm. title really is you know the the epitome especially in the, in this day and age the you know the the sort of the 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 total home of those kinds of movies where it's like i mean they're again their track record so astounding but i think especially because even like their populist movies are like good you know what i mean which sounds mm. backhanded but i mean it it's like a hard thing which is like even the ones where you're like oh that's just like that's mm. just like a big commercial movie you know <laughs> it's still good and it's still smart and and none of it is like insulting to the audience so much you know that stuff can be um and so you know i think going into that meeting you know, I tried to kind of, you know, it's hard because it's the kind of thing, it's like anything. It's, you know, I'm, uh, you know, I was in that situation. I end up, 
you know, lucky enough to then be on a Zoom with, with, with Richard Curtis or, or, you know, sitting in an Italian restaurant in Burbank with Melissa McCarthy. And you kind of have to put that out of your mind mm -hmm. because otherwise, you know, if you just think about, oh my God, you know, this is this incredible person I look up to and, and, you know, are they going to like me? And is this going to be okay? You kind of just have to like compartmentalize that. Um, yeah. Otherwise you'll go crazy. And so you just pretend it's anyone and you kind of just try to be yourself and, you know, and you, you take a lot of meetings like that. And then, you know, the people that you're kind of, I think meant to connect with or, or that, or that get what you're doing or into it or trying to do similar things, that connection just formed pretty organically. But yeah, you know, it was, I mean, it was amazing. And, and, you know, and Tim Bevan, one of the principals of, of Working Title, who, you know, was obviously one of the producers on the movie is incredible and hilarious. And uh, yeah. It's so important, isn't it? That to, to go into those meetings, not only prepared, be ready, be open to it, but also to not freak out like you say you know you're there pitching to richard curtis you know right. one of the most established rom-com right. you know producer writers and directors out there and that yeah. like you say and to just go do you know what i'm just going to pretend this is just a normal pitch meeting with a normal person right, right. not my hero was the first few minutes a little bit freaky or did you just go no you'd prepared your head in the you know you'd done the superman pose before you went in and went no i'm just gonna get through this yeah exactly <laughs> No, I mean, definitely, you know, look, I mean, the thing with Richard specifically is he is so warm and hilarious that it's mm. kind of hard not to just, you know, get into a flow with him. But it always helps, obviously, in that situation specifically where, like, he had seen my show and was a fan of it. You know, that makes it a lot easier, obviously. Mm. And, and I yes. think, you know, and in, and in general, it's like, you know, and I know this is obviously like, you know, I, I listen to your guys' podcast and, and really enjoy it. Um, Oh, and, thank you. you know, uh, and most of the questions I'm getting today are about like, what would be my wish if I had a genie or something like that. So, you know, happy to get a little more into the weeds. So next question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What well, was I've it? been holding that for like 10 minutes. Cross that off your list. But, you know, Damn, happy no and, more questions. And, and excited to get a little more into the weeds of of like yeah. the process. Uh, mm. It's funny because it's, you know, we you hear about general meetings or whatever, which is essentially mm. just a meeting where people are like, oh, just meet and it's not about anything specific and maybe you'll like each other. And a lot yeah. of them kind of come to, you know, come to not, um, you know, but I've also been really lucky that some of them, it's like even, you know, the studio executive that ended up being the studio executive on this movie at Universal is someone I had had a general with when I was, you know, 24 and had made my short film and was probably unduly confident at that point. And, you know, in the meeting with him going, you know, I remember calling my agent afterwards and being like, being like, oh, you know, yeah, it was amazing. Like, I think it was great. And it was, he was just sort of like, yeah, cool. But like, you're still nobody. He's not going to like hire you to direct a movie, you know, whatever. So, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't until I was then, you know, what was lucky enough to go off and make a couple seasons of this show, which mm. uh, I will say for anyone listening in the UK is, is on Netflix, both seasons uh, called Love Life. Um, Love Life. Yeah. But, um, but, you know, but, but basically, you know, the more work you do too, the easier it is to be in those rooms and to sort of like look those people in the eyes and you know I, I it depends because it's there's obviously you know people take all different approaches i'm more of the like you know stammering like people ask me what i do for a living and i say you know writer and director while like looking at the floor you know it's mm -hmm. like i'm yeah, not i'm not yeah, yeah. i'm not quite the like <laughs> you know well like i'm a filmmaker you know kind of guy um yeah but you know, but yeah, it might I think, be a good thing. I think, <laughs> it might know, be a good yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I, you know, I think it really it's just all about the work anyway. I think the more that I do, the more I, you know, you more you see. It's just like, you know, writers write stuff and and directors direct stuff, and and the more you do, the more chances are people will see it and like it, and 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 the more you keep at that, the more you know, the better you feel, the more comfortable you feel in those rooms, being able to talk to people and and mm. being able to kind of hold your own. Yeah. And I, I like the I like the fact that you've sort of gone into talking about generals as well, because I think a lot of people they 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 get these big meetings, and and not in the case of this one where they're actually you know okay here's a project, here's a here's someone we're interested in. It's a general meeting and they, they go in there and they, they try and like pitch for one thing and then they go for broke and then you don't hear from them again. But actually, it's a lot of the time it's it's building a sort of relationship, isn't it? Like, you know, definitely come back around um, definitely. and building that definitely. network so it's easier down the line. Yeah. And I think, you know, and again, it's like I've had those pay off in a lot of ways where it's, you know, even with Love Life, 
you know, the producer of that was, you know, Paul Feig and his production company and mm. an executive there named Dan Mignante, who, you know, became a close friend of mine. And Dan and I had had a general again back when I was, you know, in my mid-20s or something and and still kind of, you know, trying to push the ball up the hill but didn't really have much to show for it yet. Um, was maybe a little premature, you know, but we met and knew each other. And then when I, you know, five or however many years later, wrote the pilot for Love Life and he read it, and wanted to do it, you know, it was like, oh, I know Sam. And, you know, th those things do come back around. And, and as you're saying, it's, it's, it's so much about relationships. And I think it's hard. It's that it's like, you know, I think about it a lot uh, in relation to, you know, obviously I write this stuff about relationships or about romance or whatever. And mm -hmm. it, it feels very similar to that to me in the sense of like, there's the cliches of, you know, you can't find love if you're looking for it. And, you know, you can't <laughs> like, you know, you sort of have to, you have to pretend, you know, you don't like them or whatever. And it is like, it's like anytime I've ever been like, this is the thing, here it is. Like, you're going to love this. It's like crickets fully, you know? <laughs> yeah, what I mean? And always. it's like, you have to sort of trick yourself. You know, it's like, I think about the, op there's the opening of swingers, you know, mm. where the whole dialogue is like him being, you know, talking about romance and he's like, you have to pretend to, you know, pretend to forget about her. And he's like, well, or, or sorry, he's like, what if I pretend to forget about her? He's like, no, that's the thing. You have to really forget about her, you know, <laughs> which is obviously Cats 22. And, you know, and for me, it was like, you know, when I, the story I like to tell that I think, you know, again, as a listener of your podcast, I would imagine, you know, would be interesting to fellow, to fellow listeners is, you know, I wrote, I was like writing a movie in my twenties, a feature. And I was like, this is, the best idea anyone's ever had for a movie. I'm going to win yep. the screenplay Oscar. Like, <laughs> here we go. The next right? Matt Damon. Ben yeah. Affleck. Yep, it's me. I spent like two years writing it or three years writing yeah. it. And I was like, this is it. I obviously talked it to death, told way too many people about it. Everyone's like, mm -hmm. that's an amazing idea. You know, I had nowhere near the skill level necessary to pull it off. So I wrote this, you know, I wrote it. And as I, you know, the, the whole time as I was writing it, I was like, oh, well, you know, I guess I need a writing sample for TV or something. Maybe so I could try to be a writer's assistant or something like that. So uh, what was that idea? Oh, love life. Okay, whatever, you know. And, and it was like this like secondary thing. But I think that was what tricked my brain into just letting it be like what I wanted it to be and just writing a thing that was funny and interesting to me um, mm -hmm. instead of, you know, what happened with that movie and what happened with basically everything else I had ever written up to that point which is like it just becomes overcooked you know because you hear it's a again another you know it's a cliche of like you know you got you know don't think about what other people want just write the movie you want to see and it's easy to be like yeah of course obviously like duh you know mm -hmm. but it's also really hard not to accidentally kind of subconsciously go like oh well they're gonna like this then they're gonna do that and you know it kind of happens a million choices you make over the course of writing something or making something you know it's really hard uh it's really hard not to let that happen even when you don't realize it you know so i always tell that story about love life because it's like you know i literally gave the movie that i was writing to my agent and he was like it's not really fun or entertaining he's like it's not he's like i'm not sure about you know he basically was just like you're a loser like go away and right. you know and right. then i wrote you know and then i gave him love life and he was like you know and again it's not even you know, the dream is something of like, someone tells you you're a genius or whatever, but it was literally just as simple as the binary thing of like, finally, you're I wrote, a genius. he was like, oh yeah, I can do something with this. <laughs> yeah. You know, oh, let me try. Yeah. yeah, I can do something with this. And then he sent it to a producer and it was a that was a very charmed trajectory where it was like, Paul Feig's company wanted to do it, like I was saying. And then, you know, but again, it was like, I, I still was just like, maybe we can develop this as a script or something. I wasn't insane and being like, this is going to be a TV show. Mm -hmm. And... And then it was like this crazy thing where, you know, you hear obviously in Hollywood, like the magic word is no and whatever. And if I had been mm -hmm. like, oh, like, let me send this to Anna Kendrick, you know, I never would have, she never would have read it. Nothing ever would have happened for sure. And right. instead what happened was my agent in his staff meeting, like mentioned Love Life, her agent, <laughs> her agent was like, oh, can I send it to her? My wow. agent was like, no, they're not casting right now, which is like insane, uh, but, it, but obviously great because then he was like, well, I'm going to give it to her anyway, like mm, fuck sneaky. you or whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then the first thing I ever heard was like, oh, Anna Kendrick read it and wants to do it. And it's like, because, all, but, all, but also probably only because she thought she wasn't supposed to have it. You know what I mean? It's all such yes. like, 
it's just this like, and when people talk about luck, it might sound like false modesty, but that's the kind of thing that I, that, you know, I think it really is a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of luck. And that is to me like a very specific example of how it works where you're just like, how could you ever, you could never contrive that ever. No. And it's just no. like, that's how it happened, you know? And so, and so with this too, it was like a similar, you know, it's like, I think it was really fun to get to know, you know, Allie Lowy, who is the executive at Working Title that I, that I met with in the first place. And, you know, she was a fan, but yeah, like going back to, you know, some of the earlier questions, it's like when you spend your life making like grounded character driven relationship movies, and then suddenly you get the Working Title meeting, like that is like the, it's like, mm. oh, I've been practicing pitching my whole life. And now like the <laughs> Yankees want to meet me, you know, it is like, yes, it, you know, it feels like that. And so it was definitely like, oh, this is a place that I feel like, I'm like meant to work or they make the kind of movies that I've always thought about. And it was a dream to, you know, meet them, have it go well and get to, and get to work with them. And, 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 you know, and now I'm, you know, and it was so great and went so well and now I'm developing something else with them too, which I'm excited about. And, you know, nice, they just yeah. are like, you know, the, the, you know, the coolest place for that kind of stuff. So it's sort of, you know, again, it's like if I had been, you know, it, it, to me, it is the equivalent with working title of like, you know, I make these like talky rom-coms. It's like literally if you're like a horror, if you're obsessed with horror and then one day it's like, oh, Jason Blum saw your movie. Yeah. It's just like, it's mm. that feeling. And, and it was very lucky again, you know, so. There's one point that really like stood out to me. And, yeah. and I think it's something that like so many filmmakers get carried away with. And when you're sort of making the comparison with, you know, relationships and, and um, you know, the industry. And it's it's about I think when people you know they're they're trying to get a specific actor or they're trying to get a specific producer they think that like going in with the sort of extreme passion and you know I really admire you and it's it's such a natural thing to go in that you think that that would actually get them interested and set you aside right. but actually like the the more you say about it like if you were you know you actually just want someone to talk to you on your level very casual and not yeah. be overselling it I think it's a huge you know I think it's a huge thing especially for like going off the cast um you know or producers or, or even companies is to oversell yourself as indie filmmakers I think that's such a big point that you've kind of brought to mm. definitely and audience. you know and again I think it's why it's such an important you know it's why you tr obviously you say stuff in the meetings you try to charm people whatever but it's like you have to let the work do the talking a lot of the time too and I think you know and when I think back on myself again of like you know, again, I, I, I love your guys' podcast, I but I'm like generally obsessed with and have been very lucky to like find my footing at a time when like podcasts about filmmaking exist where yes, you can listen, right. you know, listen to all these incredible interviews and it's like what I <laughs> yeah. do all the time. My wife makes fun of me because I'll literally do it for like, I'll like put in one AirPod for three minutes while I'm like taking out the garbage. And she's like, yeah. you just listen to three minutes of a podcast and you yeah. know, whatever. Yes. But you know, yeah. that as a resource, was so is so incredible and still is so incredible um mm. and yeah and yeah i mean i think you know so much of it was like you know having that resource but yeah being younger and and or you know young or old doesn't even really matter but it's just like, like having made less stuff before i made more stuff and and it's like it definitely gets easier and easier to have those conversations the the more you make and the more you let it but again loving podcasts and stuff like that i have a whole thing in my notes app of like quotes and mostly about filmmaking but but this this one's not specifically but basically like those who know don't speak and those who speak don't know you know or whatever mm -hmm. but just in general with that kind of stuff where you're saying overselling yourself or just you know saying too much it's again it's exactly the same as you go on a date and you're like well you know i'm really like the nicest coolest guy that like you'll ever meet and <laughs> yeah i'm not a serial killer be, you know you would probably love to <laughs> date me i think you know mm -hmm. it's like yeah. it just doesn't work doesn't obviously work. you yeah. know and yeah you know, and, and generally, I mean, it's such a weird thing, but it's like, like a lot of things in life, generally the things you think you want or the things you think you're ready for, you're wrong. This is just my experience, yeah. but it's like, you're wrong. And a lot of the time it's like the thing you're like, oh yeah, I guess that makes sense or whatever. It's like, even, you know, it's like you just end up, uh, surprising yourself and 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 to me the bit you know the thing i've been really lucky to like keep working and and keep getting to make stuff but a lot of that has been about going with the flow of the river kind of you know as yeah. opposed to going like oh well you know because i am a huge movie nerd and grew up idolizing filmmakers where 
it's like, you know, okay, Wes Anderson or Sofia Coppola or the Coen brothers or whoever, it's like they came up with their next movie and they're going to go make it because they're like one of the 10 best mm. filmmakers in the world. Yes. And, you know, it's not like, oh, yeah, we're trying to do this and we're trying to do that, you know, whatever, which is a much more like um, common approach if you're lucky enough to get to work in this industry. Like, obviously, there's very few people who are those like singular auteurs. And... Yes. And, you know, and so for me, it's like, you know, the more that you can, you know, it's funny, it's like the older I get, the more I, I idolize, like, people who just do the job, and sometimes it's their thing, and sometimes it's not, and whether that's, you know, whatever, more recently, you know, Richard Linklater, or Steven Soderbergh, mm -hmm. or all the way back to, like, Michael Curtiz, or whoever, it's like, sure. you know, Michael Ritchie is someone I think about a lot, who, like, you know, has directed some amazing movies, and, and, yeah. um, you know, it's just fun to think about, you know, I don't know, the sort of the sort of again going with the flow of the river and 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 not just thinking, you know, and again, I, I would the last thing I want to do is say that on this podcast and talk, you know, the next Barry Jenkins out of like making their singular masterpiece or the next like, you <laughs> yes. know, Edgar Wright yeah. or whoever. You know what uh -huh. I mean? And it, uh -huh. maybe you're that person. That, that's awesome. But like I think at a certain point I just was like, Oh, I love movies, but also, you know, yeah, okay, I usually write, but wow, this is a Richard Curtis script. Let's see what that would be like and and mm. and having that be this kind of fun experiment for myself, you know. Well, well, let's talk about the flow of the river then a little bit and going back because, you know, I feel like your trajectory is is really big. You know, like you said, all that time you were grafting beforehand, you know, really before um, Love Life took off, you know, and you've made some shorts, Happy Fucking Birthday being one, and then in a relationship <laughs> which became the feature film, I imagine, yeah. with the same title. So I imagine it was a short to feature, right? Yeah, yes. that, I mean, that that's to us is fascinating, yeah. you know, and the fact that in a relationship happened with some great cast in there. Some, uh, And I, I love that you keep using British actors as well. I think that's yes. really cool. Jan Janet Montgomery was in that one. Yeah. Um, uh, and then uh, who's uh, who I'd worked with years and years ago, um, and then with nice. Jeannie as well or, or with with Papa, yeah, yes, exactly. And I think that's really important. But but your trajectory is massive. So if you don't mind talking about going from you writing and pitching and it not going yeah. anywhere to making shorts, um, to suddenly going, I'm going to make a feature out of my yeah. short in relationship. Talk us through that process. Yeah, I mean, I think you know, I was always. I was really lucky to like early on, you know, again, like I was just saying, it's like, I was always a movie nerd. I was like the insufferable, like 12 year old kid talk, you know, talking about, I was like go going to see gangs of New York when I was 12 or just like, you know, ridiculous. Excellent. Like, and yeah. did and, you have the beard then as well? Was the beard still, you know, was it, was it around yeah. at 12? Did you have a little bit of fluff, anything? No, to I get had you nothing. How at, did you I get had in? Nothing at that point. So. <laughs> nothing at that point. The beard right, wasn't man. until COVID. But yeah, so it's like, I, you know, I was, I was lucky enough to always know that that was what I wanted to do. Yeah. And, you know, I think for me, the making shorts was a big part of it. I think, you know, I went to film school, which, you know, can be great, but also isn't necessarily for everyone. Doesn't, it certainly doesn't matter really. You know, I think the thing that matters more is again, doing, doing the work and yes. writing things, making things. But I think especially for me, making things that are more character driven, you know, I would write, but then it was kind of like, I have to make this. Otherwise it's kind of useless. Like, you know, I mm -hmm. used to joke that it would be like, I would write this stuff and it's like, you know, and again, I'm not making a qualitative comparison at all. Cause it's, this is one of my favorite movies and I, I don't think I've even touched it, but you know, it's like, I would joke that it's like handing someone the script for tiny furniture. You know what I mean? And you're just yes. like, yeah. it's like, no, you have to see the movie. The whole point is that she made the movie, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And you can watch it and she's also great with actors and the filmmaking's amazing. And mm -hmm. you know, and it's like, but if someone would sit down and read the script for tiny furniture, it's like, that was really only intended for like the people who helped her make it basically, you know? Yeah. And yeah. so I think I early on realized like, oh, I have to make this stuff. I can't just, you know, I'm not going to like sell some huge spec writing, like essentially purposefully no concept, low concept, character driven romantic comedies. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. yeah. best case scenario, yeah. I have to be good with actors, learn how to do this and make stuff, you know? And so it was sort of that hustle, but then also, you know, again, going with the flow of the river and just, and just trying to be smart about it every step of the way where it was like, okay, I made a, you know, yeah, I made a bunch of shorts and, you know, like you said, there was one called happy fucking birthday. There were a couple other ones mm -hmm. where the whole idea was, you know, to be honest, I was like at film school and everyone would like sp spend all this money, which I, I didn't even have to spend, you know, people would spend 30, 50, $75,000 on their first 
Sure. Wow. Wow. And then it's Jeez. like, and it's like, if you, if your short has an aerial unit and you've never worked with actors before, you're yeah, making a horrible mistake. idea. So yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, horrible. I mean, again, Don't unless, unless you're like James Cameron or something and it's some, but mm. I'm just speaking from my own experience. There's many different ways to do it. So I don't want to talk yeah. to anyone who is more technical out of that, but it's like, I think I looked around <laughs> and saw a lot of people make expensive shorts that were bad mm. uh, because they, why wouldn't they be bad? They'd never done it before, you know? Yeah. And so for me, it was like, and especially then again, Tiny Furniture and that sort of like post mumblecore, it was like, oh, you can make a movie on a DSLR. You can, you know, at the time it was like a 5D or a 7D. I don't even know what you would yes. shoot something like that on now. Yeah, but it was I like, oh, you can, you know, uh, every short I made before in a relationship, and there were a bunch of them, was like, we shot it in a day, maybe two. Yeah. It didn't cost anything except I would like buy lunch for everyone. Exactly. Bit of food. Mm. You yeah, know, yeah. And, and you know, some of them yeah. were okay. Some of them were bad. Mm. People haven't seen most of them, but also it's like, that's how I learned how to do it. That's so that by the time, yeah. so that by the time in a relationship happened as a short, it was the first one where it was like, okay, let's put a little bit of money into this. You know, still, you know, it costs like 20 grand, the whole thing. Amazing. Um, Great. You know, but it was like, again, luck and stuff and, and just timing where like, uh, you know, that, that short starred Nick Braun, who obviously now, you know, we yeah. know from Succession and Dakota Johnson, Dakota who was kind Johnson. of just about, to, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just about to be in, in Fifty Shades of Grey, which was amazing. Mm. And again, that was very lucky timing. And, and I made that short and we put it out right when Dakota was coming out in the first 50 shades movie. So that was really lucky. And it was like, Oh, yeah, Vogue, put it out or whatever. How did you come across those two? Like at that, at that particular moment, you know, was it sort of casting director? Had you, you know, seen them in something? Like how did, how did you sort yeah, of, I saw them in something know. together. Basically I met, I met Nick Braun at a party at a friend's birthday party. And mm -hmm. I had seen him in a movie that came out. I think it came out under the title date and switch which was like a, whatever, a movie from like 10 years ago or something. And Nick and Dakota okay. were in it together and they were amazing in it. So basically I was a fan of his. I just always, you know, to me, a lot of, a lot of it is just the gut instinct with casting and stuff of like, mm. you know, um, and obviously I keep saying lucky, but uh, you know, I do think that's one of the things I'm best at is, is the sort of, you know, casting instinct kind of stuff. And, and mm -hmm. I met Nick and I was like, Oh, do you want to do this short? He was like, yeah. And then I was like, what about with Dakota? I know you were in that movie with her. And he was like, yeah, let me see what she's up to. And then basically she said yes. And then it was like, oh, yeah, a friend of mine who was on a desk at CAA, uh, you know, and I, I was the other thing. Look, uh, the other thing is I was very lucky to grow up in Santa Monica. So I uh, my family is not in the industry, but but my you know, I went to Santa Monica High School. I had a, I grew up around a lot of kids where it's like their parents were people or whatever. So it's sort of, I, I don't know if it's like Nepo baby by association, but I feel like it would be a shame not to acknowledge the fact that I grew up in Los Angeles. That helped a lot. Mm, um, okay. You know, but, but a lot of it was like, was like, yeah, like, like, you know, then when you, then when people start to become actors, you know, it, it is, it is easier to know actors and stuff like that. It is. Mm. But also if you were a dick, if you weren't nice, yeah, they sure. wouldn't work with you. So yeah, again, of course, it's, of course. Yeah. It, it, as much as you might know these people have met them because you happen to be in the same circles, that's right. also you were with them when they weren't anything. You, right. you know, yeah. and if you're nice, they go on the journey with you, right? Exactly. That's the point. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and, you know, and that, and so that was the case with Dakota, where basically a friend yeah. of mine was like, hey, man, she's about to get Fifty Shades of Grey. And I was like, whoa, that's uh, crazy. Uh, but like, yeah. I was like, she's never going to do our short now. We hadn't shot it yet. <laughs> And then it, I talked to her and she was, she was like, no, she'll do it. But like, you have to wait until, um, af right after she, she'll do it after the first 50 shades movie. I was like, that's crazy. So she wow. went off and wow. shot the 50 shades movie. And then we shot it like two weeks after she got back. So, oh so you gosh. got the agent, you got the agent to agree or is that, is that like, <laughs> no, that was just was my secret? friend who like heard on an email chain. Oh, she's going to get this wow. part. I, I think oh, right. with, okay. with Dakota, we didn't even tell her agents because it was like, they would have been like, what the fuck are you doing in this short? Yeah, yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't yeah, tell exactly. them. We didn't, I think I was all just like direct, like, you know, she yeah. grew up in LA too, obviously. And I had friends, I didn't know her really, yeah. but we had friends in common. So it was all just like social. Mm, I love and that. And basically she did it, but it was, you know, but again, it was like, ever. it's always down to the wire. It's always like, I remember like I was a director's assistant at the time and we were shooting in Atlanta and I came back for a week to shoot the short 
And I remember it was like, okay, I'm getting on a plane and we're shooting in two days, but Dakota didn't show up for any of her fittings. She won't respond to anyone. And we don't know if she's even going to be on set <laughs> in wow. two days. Wow. That's terrifying. Did yeah. And I was like, I got to oh just God. get on this plane and hope she's there. And then she was there. It was amazing. Uh, yes, you know, yeah. but it's like, it's always like that. It's like, a, you know, the thing that I, the other image I always think about is in broadcast news. <laughs> yeah. You guys seen broadcast news? You know, the part where, um, where Joan Q, there's a part in it where Joan Cusack, they're like down to the wire where basically this, they did this piece and it has to be on the news in like 90 seconds. <laughs> yes. And, but they're like trying to do one last like overdub or something. And then mm -hmm. there's this whole sequence of Joan Cusack takes the video and she's running and she's like ducking under filing cabinets and tripping into shit and she gets it in at like the last second and it goes on the air. It's like, that's what it always feels like. It's always, it's like, even <laughs> when you're lucky, yeah. it's yes. like it's fucking crap. And, yeah. and so, yeah, so with that, it was like, you know, it, it, that's another example. And, you know, and then basically I, I, I'll be talking for like two hours if I don't speed this up, but basically, <laughs> yeah. basically, you know, I made that short. Some people yeah. saw it, which was cool. It got kind of passed around a little bit, which was nice. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, well, I'm making it into a feature that had always been the intention. And again, I wanted to make it cheaply. And there were movies like, you know, like crazy and stuff that were coming out at the time that you could do mm -hmm. that, kind of prove yes. that you could do that. And then I wrote the feature and, you know, people liked it and stuff, but it wasn't like setting the world on fire. And mm -hmm. it's the sort of, this is another thing that I always want to impart is like, you know, it was this classic thing of like, okay, well, you know, I think we can make it for one five, you know, let's make it for one five. And it was like, okay, no one wants to make it for one five. Okay, well, we can make it for one two five. And it was like, okay, well, no one wants to make it for one two five, so we can make it for one. And then it's like 900K, 750, mm -hmm. like, you know, whatever. And you're like, I think we can, we can make, make it for it pennies. For we'll make it for, for chocolate coins. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so we ended up, you know, and I ended up making that movie, you know, and it took three or four years, which is kind of still in, you know, financing an indie movie time mm. is kind of a miraculously short amount of time, three or four years. Yes, but basically, finally, it was like, oh, I guess let's we're making it for like 590 all in. And yeah. it was, you know, Off and again, I started at like yeah. one five, just pulled that out of my ass. So it was like, yeah. you know, but but again, that's the thing of like, I, that was a line I remember. I think it was Christine Vachon, who's obviously one of the great indie producers oh, who said the best. Yeah. she was like, if you're if you put your house on the market and it's not selling, lower the price, you know, and mm. it was just yeah. like it was like, well, like we're going to figure out how to make this movie for 590 and you scale it down and you call call in favors and do all that kind of stuff. So, you know, mm. it was, again, this sort of by hook or by crook, like it's, you know, from the outside, it's very charmed that it's like, oh, I made a short, I made a feature, I'm, you know, I made a show. Yeah. made another season of the show and now I've made a studio feature which Maybe. was amazing but it was definitely mm -hmm. like through sheer like white knuckle force of will the entire time and and tremendous amount of luck you know and it's not the like oh you know I directed safety not guaranteed and then Jurassic World you know or whatever yeah, but it, exactly you know <laughs> exactly but, I, but, I, but I'm working and I'm very grateful and it's very fun and you know and basically it's like then I just I wrote Love Life like I was saying yeah. You know, and I think it's not like anyone was like, what's next from the interrelationship guy? But like the fact mm. that I had made that then when Anna wanted to do Love Life and they were like, who's directing the pilot? And I was like, I am. If I hadn't, no one had seen interrelationship, but if they hadn't, if I hadn't made it, they never would have let me direct mm. it. So it's That's you know, like that kind of thing yes. too. It's like, it's not like anyone was like, what's next for you? You know, again, it was mm. just kind of push, 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 push and get lucky. Yeah, putting um, yourself in front. Of I people. had to have done that yeah. work to be able to then take advantage of the next step. You know, was there like a moment in the middle of that when you were in that four years? Because I mean, it sounds like everything else was kind of like I've made something great, people are taking notice. In that four years, was there a lot of struggle to get the right producer? You know, a yeah. lot of like I don't think this is happening. Yes. Um, you know, <laughs> what was your process in trying to put that first? All, feature together? it was that feeling all the way through, even shooting it and everything. So. It was, you know, it's, and that's the way it is. It's, you know, it was like the thing that's always hard with putting a uh, first movie together and an independent movie is like, it's like, you know, the, the sort of catch 22 of it is you have to, you need the actors to get the financing and the financing to get the actors, right? Yes. So you basically yeah. to actors, you have to pretend the movie's paid for, but you can't mm -hmm. get the movie without the actors. So it's this like, <laughs> it's this crazy thing. And basically, yeah, you know, you sort of, you know, it's hilarious. I mean, I think there should be like a documentary or a mockumentary or something made in, in that world at some point. Cause it's like, you know, you literally yeah. go like, oh my God, like 
I'm meeting this guy. Like he's like a vitamin billionaire and like, he's going to pay for my movie. And then he like talks to you and then you like never see or hear from him again or whatever. Yes. You know? yeah. yeah. There's all these like, you know, weirdos and just like amazing <laughs> so many of them. people. So many of them who tell so you they weirdos. have money for your film. Yeah. Yeah. It's just unbelievable lies. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Just madness. madness. Yeah. So the number of, you know, I mean, look, and I'm, I'm happy to say it again, just because it's like, this is for people that are interested in this. And, mm-hmm. and I always appreciate in listening to these podcasts, you know, candor, but you know, yeah. it's like literally, you know, it's like, I used to joke that with make putting interrelations together, I could make a coffee table book of emails of actors dropping out of the movie. <laughs> Because it was always like, and they were amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's like, and this is insane. No one would even believe this, but it was like, literally like Donald Glover was attached to be an interrelationship wow. for like, for like three months. Wow. And, and I was like, oh, the glove just so didn't cool. fit. Hey. And then it was like, oh, you know, he's got to go to Atlanta. He's like shooting this pilot, you know, oh, yeah. something oh, he's what's it called? It's called Atlanta. It's like, okay, well, I think that's oh. going to end up taking up some of his time and, <laughs> you know, and it did or whatever, but you know, you get yeah. those, it's like, yeah, you have actors attached, then you lose them, mm-hmm. then you, then, you know, one week you have three, three of the four actors and then you have none, you know, cause something happens and whatever. So you just are yes. like, again, pushing that boulder up the hill, you know, as much as you can. I mean, the thing that I always remember is like, there was literally a point at which, again, there was a company that was like, basically like, we will make your movie. We're gonna make your movie. We're gonna pay for it, whatever kick the tires on all that stuff and it was like oh my god this is happening and then they bailed and it just was like fully crushing and i literally got to a point where i was like to my you know she's now my wife but at the time was just my girlfriend i was like i can't do this anymore i was like i need to get a different job i was literally thinking Mm -hmm. about what else can i do you know and this didn't work i tried but it didn't work and she was like just try one more time and I tried That's one why more you time. You should marry her. <laughs> great, yes, yes, great, yeah. great wife. <laughs> yeah. yeah and then I, and then we got the 590 and we got the fucking, you know, great, great cast that we did and we went and yeah. made the movie. But, it, you know, but again, and, and it was premiered at Tribeca and stuff. And, can, you know, we, you know, we were lucky to have it distributed, you know, by vertical and stuff like that, which was really cool. Um, but it was, amazing. again, it was definitely just like the, the you pounding. Know, I, I think he says yeah. in Jerry Maguire, like a, uh, it's a definitely a Cameron Crowe line. I think it's Jerry Maguire, right? The, like an up at yes. dawn pride swallowing siege, you know, that's exactly so, it. There must yeah. be, there must be so many people at that stage of, of giving up, you know, just, yeah. just in, in general, mm. in, in like the filmmaking yeah. process, like yeah. it's yeah. always so nice to hear that, that, you know, that you get the other side of that because I think so many filmmakers until they've had that one big hit, that is always the feeling is like, okay, well, oh, what if, oh, that hasn't happened or this hasn't mm-hmm. happened and we've got this. And It's a constant uphill battle. It absolutely is. And do, what do you think the turning point was from in a relationship film? What do you think the, the thing was that made it click to get the green light? You mean in terms of the movie finally coming together? Yeah, to find all that time oh, no. of cast, I mean, maybe I think, money. I think it was just, honestly, it was the right, again, the right number, the right budget, you know, where, you know, you find people who go, you know, oh, wow, uh, you know, I don't want to make this movie for 750. I don't even want to make it for six, 590. Sure, that sounds good. You know, it, some of it's just fine. You know, it's just lucking out the right people in the right moment. And obviously another cliche is people, you know, is like, oh, it all it takes is one yes, which is true. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, I mean, even with, even with Love Life, everyone passed on Love Life except for the people that bought it and it became a show. So it's like, you know, that's a whole other crazy side of it too. It really does only take one yes. And, you know, I think in the case of in a relationship, you know, a friend of mine uh, whose name is Adam Paulson, who's a producer uh, Mm -hmm. and a manager who at the time was like a, you know, assistant becoming an agent kind of young go-getter in the film finance department at CAA. And he introduced me to a producer named Jorge Garcia, who mm, uh, is, is, yeah. is really cool. And, and Jorge just, you know, I was just really lucky to meet Jorge. And he was like, I'm going to get the money for this. And he got, and he did, you know? And, and <sighs> so again, it's just, I think it's just, you know, you can't, it's like any of it, you can't force it, but it's like, you also, you know, it's the, the other joke of like, the harder I work, the luckier I get, you know, it's like, all you can do is keep your head down. And and that's the other thing. It's like, I wrote so many things that made people shrug, whether it was that movie I was joking about, I thought I was going to win the best picture, the best screenwriting Oscar, best, you know, screenplay Oscar, whatever. But it's like, 
you know, I wrote a bunch of stuff that people were just like, this is fine, whatever, I don't care about it, you <laughs> know, and, and then fine. it's like, oh, great. Well, it's like that meme, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the guy on fire, this is fine. <laughs> yeah, full pilot and lookbook that, like, is, is just like a thumbnail on my computer that mm. no one will ever see. But yeah. also, it made me better when I wrote the next thing. So you have to do that and you have to. Exactly. You have yeah. to keep pushing and keep working. It's so important to do that. And you're so right, Sam, to go. You, if you don't write that first thing, you can't fail enough to go write the thing that will get made for you. It's yeah. so important. And speaking yeah. of relationships, um, going from in a relationship to relationships like on Genie, we've got yeah. to talk about Genie, obviously. The relationship yeah. Yeah. there. Let that the Genie out the bottle. Yeah, absolutely, please go. do. Uh, it's the second one he's done. You missed one earlier. It was really good. I've been I've been quite good this time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you, and look, what an amazing cast. Um, really, uh, that you know the fact that your relationship with Richard Curtis and the fact that he said yes, I want you from you know watching uh, Love Life as well. I think it's really lovely that someone who has made an indie and has made a TV show that they've written can get a chance to make something as massive as this and incredible yes. as this. You yeah. know, Melissa McCarthy's amazing. This Alan Cumming, I've loved for a long time. His book is amazing. Papa uh, S.E.A. do. Yes. Louis Guzman. Again, you know, this, I love the cast you had. Really, Thank really you. cool. What was the moment like when you got the job? And then did yeah. you go, oh, shit, I've got to do it. But was Melissa yeah. McCarthy attached to that point? You know, you she said you wasn't. met her. Yeah, there was no cast. So we, you know, right. that was something we kind of all figured out together. Um, and I think the second we kind of thought of her, you know, it felt like a really exciting direction for it. Yeah. Uh, to be totally honest, the script that I signed on for, it was actually the, her character was a man, was written as a man. Cause obviously uh. in the original, uh, it's Lenny Henry. Um, and, and then we kind of decided, Hey, what yes. if, what if we flip this and will it feel a little more modern or a little more unexpected? Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, there was no cast attached. And so. You know, I think obviously, again, it's the chicken or the egg thing of like the studio wanted to make the movie, but we needed to find an actor that people like to see in movies. And, and, you know, and then and then it was amazing that, yeah, Melissa wanted to do it. And, you know, that's the other thing is like with casting, the you know, if you each piece that you get makes the next piece easier, you know, so that it's like all this, you know, whatever. And even not just with actors, it's like definitely Melissa wanted to make a movie with Richard. You know what I mean? For sure. Yes. And yeah. so it, and so did I. And so it's like. The second, you know, it's like Richard makes it easier to get Melissa, who makes it easier to get Mark Marin and Papa. And, you know, it's always that first piece, though. It is always that first. Yes, piece. definitely. You know, and I think if she didn't want to do it, you know, I don't know what we would have figured out or how, what version of the movie would have even happened. Because, you know, to be honest, I was only really interested in doing it with like a certain level of cool and interesting actor. So there are, you know, other actors that you know, maybe would have been brought up that I just, it didn't make as much sense to me. So it was very lucky that she wanted to do it. And, 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 and that was the version that was exciting to me. Um, yes. And, and yeah, you know, I think it was just, you know, again, casting is really almost everything. It's, mm. it's, you know, you hear that a lot. It's really true. I mean, I think at least for a certain kind of directing, but I think really any of any, any of it, but it's like, you know, at least for this kind of directing where it's character driven, whatever, it's like, you know, literally, you know, we would, I would joke about this on Love Life all the time because it's like, you know, I set this task for myself. It's honestly now why I'm like, you know, I made Love Life where like my whole 20s, I'm like, oh, you know, I love Before Sunrise and I love these mm -hmm. like, I love romantic comedies that don't have plots basically, <laughs> which are really <laughs> hard to get made. Yeah, and really hard I'd, to get made. And, yeah. and, and I would be like, oh, you know, but the point is it's not about anything. You know, I just, I laugh at myself now of like, it, it's like, it reminds me of like an adaptation when he's like, I just want to make a movie about flowers, you know, yeah. like whatever, yeah. you know, yeah. that's, uh, that's a great movie. That's the best. Yeah. Movie. The yeah. best. But I think, yeah. you know, but I think it's like, I was like, you know, oh no, it, the point is it's not about anything. And then all, and then, you know, been being through the ringer of like making love life, having so much fun doing that, being really proud of it, but also it was fucking hard, you know, and mm. literally to go like, okay, not only is every season a new lead, so you have to reboot the whole show every season, every episode is a new love interest. And yeah. if it doesn't work, you're fucked, you know? And yeah. so it's basically like, and then there's also not a plot. So yes. you're yeah. basically tasking yourself with like, oh, if I don't make like 20 half hour before sunrises with new couples every time, it's just like, <laughs> you know, it's tough. Yeah. And so it was mm. like, I used to joke about that where it's like, I just, I, I did that to myself, obviously. But then you come out of it and you're like, all right, guy gets a genie. Let's go. Here we go. Yeah. You know, yeah, let's go. Like, this is it. This yeah. Is Cause story. it's hard to, you know, it's really hard 
you know, I spent a lot of time being like, oh, I'm writing, you know, it's like something, it's like the big chill or Daisy Confused. And it's like, okay, mm -hmm. go write the best script ever then. Cause yes. otherwise it's like useless. And then obviously on top of writing a really good script, you have to find the right actors and you have to, mm -hmm. you have to, you know, be lucky enough for that to come together in like the perfect way, you know? And I think yeah. that was the thing with Richard, you know, and I, when we started talking and then we started talking about Melissa, started talking about Papa and there was, you know, we knew from the beginning, it's like, this is really a buddy comedy. Those actors have to be amazing and lovable, but they also have to be perfect with each other and kind of perfectly complement each other in terms of like skill sets, Yes. you know? And for me, it was like, oh, Melissa's obviously hilarious. Everyone knows how funny she is and loves how funny she is, but she's a really amazing dramatic actress. And, mm. you know, I love Can You Ever Forgive Me and a lot of this, you mm, know, even, even yeah. you know, but the whole point is like, even with her funny stuff, there is like a, a kind of emotional truth at its core. Oh, yeah. Right? yeah. And, and then with Papa, he's from like the Royal Shakespeare company. He's literally yep. playing Hamlet, but he's also hilarious. So it's like you, we needed that almost like yin and yang where it's like, you know, okay, now the, the funny stuff, you know, has a sort of like truth to it mm -hmm. um, and yeah. a grounding to it. But then also the serious stuff is kind of, you know, got a light touch and a, and a lack of, a lack of uh, pomposity, you know. Um, Sam, honestly, thank you so much. We do have to wrap up now, but yeah. I love no this worries. movie. I love Genie. Yeah, brilliant movie. So Thanks, guys. fun. So light, fluffy, everything I wanted for this kind of movie. And thank I was you. warmed. Everything I got you emotional. could wish for. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. So if you could give again. us three wishes. <laughs> okay, <laughs> good. I don't want any of that. Yeah. No, it's okay. Three wishes. Oh, three wishes for your next film. Right, go in four seconds. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, I love it. Listen, thank you so much, Sam. You've been amazing. Uh, really yeah. appreciate you coming no, on. No, thank you guys. It was, it was a pleasure Thanks. to talk, and I love listening to the podcast. Oh, brilliant! Great to meet you. Really nice to meet. You. Thanks, Sam. Take care. Cool guys. See you bye, later. Bye. So there we have it. What a chat that was with Sam Boyd. What a great guy he is. Um, so much knowledge for you to take away. I really liked how he pitched the movie and how he believes that it's a long-term process and that's what filmmaking is and that's what it is for you, you dear listener, to go out there and actually make your film or TV series, just as Sam has done. And if you're lucky enough to rise up and do well, it's your duty to give that genie three wishes <laughs> and then send the elevator back down for all those others at the bottom to help them rise up as well. So until next Tuesday when it's very likely we have Oppenheimer, um, the girls behind Christopher Nolan's epic, or it'll be femme directors. So the choice is mine. Uh, so until then, till next Tuesday, take care, and I hope you have a great week. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye.